The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hello, 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 hello. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Sorry, it's late. We had some uh, Wi-Fi issues where the Wi-Fi just disappeared on the computer. So uh, so we couldn't get in here. But um, lots of people in the chat room. Hello, everybody. Before we start, let's just say hi to our cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. He's waving while he gets a drink. Um, we got a chat room full of people. What's up? Eileen Shapiro on the cover of Get Out Magazine. Congratulations. Um, that's fantastic. Teresa Sabin's in the chat room. Jane Doe, which is uh, Angela Joseph, is in the chat room. Um, Lady Cindy Lady Lake's in the chat room. Backpack John. Um, it's going fast and I can't see everybody, but hello, everybody. Hope everybody's having a great week. We got a fun show for you guys today. Uh, we have Curtis Schlarbaum coming on. Um, she's she's uh, part of the film For the Love of Jesse that we've been promoting and having everybody come on because it's such a great film. And then we also have... Uh, music publicist and author Howard Bloom coming on in our second half of the show. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, all is good. Um, okay, if you want to say something, say hi to everybody. And tomorrow's Ron's 80th birthday. Yay, everybody. So say happy birthday to him. <laughs> I mean, really. Yes, tomorrow's my birthday. I'll be 50. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so what do you want me to say? I don't hear myself. Am I loud enough? Am I up? I don't know. You told me to turn it down. off, yeah. Is that better? Let me hear a little more. Is that better? A little more. Hello, hello, hello. A little more, a little more. Why are my plugs not working? I don't know. My earphones are not working. Um, They should be. They're plugged in. We'll keep talking so we can see. Are you plugged in? Yeah, you're you're plugged in there. You're plugged in here. I hear you through my plugs. Hang on. Keep talking. Oh, we got hello, hello, hello. Something was going wrong. I hope you all can hear me. I have it on as high as it goes, so there's, there's definitely... Some, I'm not plugged in somewhere. I'm, I'm just disconnected. Um, this okay, is, how about now? Hold on, how about now? Yeah, now I can hear you. Okay. Uh, this is... Uh, I can't hear me, though, but I can hear you. You're supposed to hear you. Make my mic a little louder. Okay. Uh, uh, this all should be done before we go on the air. We couldn't, though, because we didn't have internet. Okay. Okay, let's see. A little louder for me, my voice. One, two, three. Go again. I hear you, actually. There, I don't hear you coming through. I'm not here right now. I'm coming. That's no, you're not coming through my email. I don't hear you through my headphones either. I just here I am. I'm coming through now. I hear myself. <laughs> okay. I'm can coming. you guys hear us? It says they can hear us. So don't worry about it. Okay. Good. Now let's get on with the show. <laughs> I can't yes, hear us. Tomorrow though. is my birthday. <clears throat> you know, it's funny how we celebrate my birthday when in reality it's my mother's day because my mother gave birth to me tomorrow, 80 years ago. And, you know, that was a big achievement for her. Back in those days, they didn't have what they have today. Today, you know, you have like Joan Rivers used to say, a Jewish delivery. 
they knock knock you out and you wake up with the baby in the beauty salon. But not back then. Back then you went into labor. And my mother was in labor for like 16 hours or something. And they let people suffer like that back then before I was born. You're going to hear a lot of those labor stories from a lot of the old timers, how some of them were two days in labor suffering with pains. I mean, what the hell were they thinking back then? Anyway, today it's easier. You, you go have pain, they knock you out. Your baby flies out. It's all dressed and ready to go in the carriage. <clears throat> That's today. Keep talking. What am I going to say? I'm trying to fix this, so keep talking. Keep talking. I have nothing to say. I'm, I'm exhausted. I've been working our asses off in the backyard, building all the stonework and the walls of cinder block and stuff. And now it's paying its toll. Days later, I feel it. And I'm... And I'm tired. I just heard somebody's piano. I'm trying to figure out why we're not working. Oh, I'm working. I can't hear you through my headphones. Well, you don't need to. You're next to me. Anyway, something has gone wrong. I hate when this happens. I'm going to quit this show. See if it's now it's any better. I'm, I'm good. Okay, well. Can you hear me? Okay, everybody says the garden looks awesome. Thank you, everybody. It's a lot of work. And Jimmy was my muscle guy. He lifted most of the cement bags. But those cinder blocks weigh a lot. And placing them in building foundations and then stuccoing it, it's a lot of work. I, uh, I've given. I'm, I'm done. I just have to finish a little bit of stuccoing. And then it'll be complete. And that's it. From now on, I'm hiring people. Uh, you know, we, we went below our budget. We had a budget of, I said, 10000 And everybody said, oh, you're never going to be able to do it for 10000 But we're doing it for like under 5000 And that's including the knocking out the window, putting in a slide door, sliding door, bushes and trees. And when it's completed, I will video it and let everybody see what you can do when you're cooped up, locked up, imprisoned by a virus. You just don't sit around all this time. Get constructive and you build something. So when the virus is dead, gone, and finito, I can go out in the garden and say, well, in a way, thank you, virus, for keeping me home, but not thank you for killing all the people you have, you son of a bitch. Anyway. Okay. That's what I got to say, baby. They said I'm a bit loud, so let me turn me down. You are loud. Okay. I've always said you were loud. No, I'm trying to figure it out because I don't hear you at all through my headphones, and I don't know why. I'm just hearing you because I'm sitting next to you. Well, that's all you need, dear. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, all right, everybody. So, oh, thank you. Oh, B. Claudia is in the chat room, too. Hey, B, how you doing? She said she loves my glasses. Thank you. And um, we got we're going to have a fun show today. We started out a little rocky, but it'll all get better. The garden looks fabulous. Uh, it's not finished yet, but we're working on it. And uh, uh, Ron's been putting pictures. If you guys follow him on Facebook, and uh well, you know because <clears throat> we always post every day red carpets and movies and actors and actresses but now that everybody's locked up in prison we don't go to red carpets and we don't see our celebrity friends so now i do this like home uh home thing home building thing or whatever just so that people know that we're still alive because everybody reads our pages every day and we didn't want to disappoint people by having blank pages. There you go. So I hope you enjoyed our home. What the hell am I looking for? The word home construction site? Yes. I kind of like that. Yeah, that'll do. We're putting it all together, you guys. It's fun. And um, it looks good. And soon it'll be finished. My energy level today is very low. I hope I'm going to be happy and fun on the show. I'm just tired, Jimmy. I'm really tired. Uh, I don't sleep because, you know, we have three dogs. One is 135 pounds. He sleeps in the bathroom on his big bed. Then we have Brandy Girl, who's about 35 pounds, 
and she's a, a ter- uh, old English sheepdog terrier mix. Right. And then we have, of course, the baby Astro who weighs 10 pounds, but the two dogs definitely have to sleep in our bed, but not at the foot of the bed. They both have to come up and sleep with their faces next to our faces. So during the night, you can't move the covers. It's very difficult to sleep. The sad thing is Jimmy has trained them to be fed at six o'clock in the morning, which I could kill him for doing that. So these mutts start yeah, 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 mm, 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 all the sounds to get us up at six o'clock to feed them. Well, I get up at six and then I go back to sleep, but it's not really a good sleep. So the moral of the story is rescue dogs and they'll get you up early so you won't be late for work. Yeah, <laughs> we like it, though. It all works. Oh, I love my dogs. Are you kidding? I'm not bitching or complaining. I'm simply telling a little story. It's so wonderful to hug them at night and the way they moan when you squeeze them and you kiss them. The love that you get from rescued dogs is unbelievable. Uh, they, they know what it's like to have been punished or to have been locked up or to have been unloved. So when they find people that love them, they give it back tenfold. Rescue a dog. See what I'm talking about? So there you go, Jimmy. Did I talk enough? Yes, it's okay. fine. So he's like my master. He tells me what to do. Don't talk, talk, walk, sit, get up. Ugh. Very pushy, very bossy. Always was. So what have we been doing else? Besides working in the garden, what have we been doing? Eating and getting fat. Yeah, we, we ate a lot. <laughs> I mean, I don't eat potato chips and pretzels and crap like that. Now it's all I do is nosh all day long or whatever I could find. It's terrible. It's because it's boredom. They said they love your shirt. Thanks, B. This is, that's a Jimmy Star. This is a Jimmy Star shirt that's very old, and I wear it on every one of my birthdays because it looks like a birthday party. If you could see the back of it, it's all balloons and colors and candy and cake. And I love this shirt. It's a happy birthday party shirt. Even though my surprise birthday party that they were having for me is not going to be because of the virus, that crappy virus ruins everything. You know, 80 is a big number and it should be celebrated with friends and family. So tomorrow we're going out we're going to my daughter's house, and they're making dinner for us. And tonight we're going out with our very dear friends, Marilyn and Andy. Uh, okay. Gladstein. 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 They were on last week. I told you. Dogs for our brave. I'm falling asleep. As I'm, this is terrible. This never happened to me before. I'm getting, like, drowsy. Anyway, uh, what a, another, one more anyway, and I'm going to throw myself out a window, except we live on the ground floor. <clears throat> I'm going to go far. Uh, Eileen Shapiro is on the cover of Get Out magazine. And I was disappointed because I figured it would be like a tit shot. You know, she's got those big knockers. And I thought she'd be like standing there smiling with 17 inches of cleavage. But it's not. She looks like a, a, a school teacher or a housewife. The picture's not my favorite picture of her. She, she looks like boring. You know, if she had brown hair, she could be an old maid school teacher in that photo. When in reality, she's a hot tomato or a hot tamale. Anyway, I don't always get what I want. Billy has shot the picture. She approved it. They put it on the cover. Eh, it's okay. She looks like somebody's mother. Well, she is somebody's Shit. mother. She's got a couple of kids and about 3,000 grandchildren. That's my Eileen, who I love and adore. What else, Jim? 
I'm, Are you I, still preoccupied? I'm having problems, okay? Because the guest says she's there, and, and Rebel says she's not there. You yell at me. Mike hates tits. You yell at me. I'm shoving this fucking I'm mic not, just, right down but your Just door. talking. Keep things going. I'm going to smack. I'm going to beat the shit out of you with this mic. That's what I'll do. I won't talk anymore. I'll give you lumps. Gay, gay lumps, honey. You're going to get gay lumps. That's what we used to say when we were kids. If some straight guy said something nasty to us, we'd say, gay knocks, baby. You're going to get your gay knocks. And then we beat those straight guys up. They loved it. They loved being beaten up by gay guys because they were hoping that we'd pull their pants down and give them ecstasy. But no way. Let them do each other, those straight jerks. Anyway, so much for gay population stories. So I don't even know what I'm talking about. Just I feel stoned. Anything. I know, but just talk about anything, please. Oh, now you're being sweet and nice. Uh, honey, uh, we've got... How about I smash those uh, eyeglasses yeah, right in your I'm eyes trying, and blind you? I know, but I'm just trying to get things done, and I can't do it if I have to talk because I have to like send emails and stuff because our guest isn't in here. The guests are never here. They won't. You know what? I wanted like to have a class of educating guests of ours and clients of Jimmy and Eileen's how to get on fucking talk shows. Nobody and knows how. Me. You don't know how to do it. I had to get it on you. I have oh, to get shit. you on them. No, that's not true, Jimmy Star. So anyway, don't talk about that. Let's talk about no, something well, else. I want to talk about you're a takeover pushy guy. You don't let out. me do anything. You may, you do everything. Be his favorite cake is chocolate. You don't do anything. I name me forget what I was yelling at you about. Oh, please, let, please let me do this. <laughs> no, I don't want to let you do that. I'm going to yell at you some more. No, no, screw you, Jose. No, you push me around and tell me, and then you insult me by saying I don't know how to do it. Let me tell you something, Jimmy. You're 55. I'm 80. What do you think I did all those years before you were born? Play with myself? I was out there making money, making movies, raising a family, building my house, traveling, doing my own publicity. Then you came along, and now you made me a senile old goat. You took everything over. Next, I'll be in a wheelchair okay, well, being myself. Oh, here we go. See how he gets? This is the sweet, nice guy that you all think is so fucking wonderful. Oh, we love Jimmy. He's such an angel. He's such a sweetie pie. He's a son of a bitch when he gets crazy. It's like the devil takes over. See? Pushes the chair away, runs off the set. He's got to go fix something. Neurotic, insane, demented fruit. That's what he is. And he leaves me here with a mic in hand, no guest, and, and what to talk about. Let's talk about age. Being 50 is no joke, you know. And I turn 50 tomorrow. And if anybody doubts that, then go fuck themselves. Anyway, one more time I say anyway, I'm really going to slip my wrists. Uh, the weather is gorgeous here, 104, very hot. You can't go outside during the day. But in the evening, it cools down, and it's absolutely magnificent weather. Never rains, so we never have to worry about planning a party and having the rain rain out our party. Oh, he's back. Are you back nice? Are you coming back evil? Yes, but I mean, I think you see we're you having difficulties, back? and you can, uh, well, you can try to help. Listen, because you don't have a shitty show that never runs right. That's not my fault. Uh, yeah, right. This is not the Ron Russell show. If it was, it would be Ron Russell. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, hopefully this is going to work, you guys. We sent resent the link. I don't know if it's going to work or not, so we'll see. But um, hopefully we'll get it worked out. And in the meantime, talk about something fun and pleasant. Like, yeah, uh, like it's your birthday. You're going to be 80. That's the number. I don't know that number. I don't even believe that. Hey, Dave. Dave Hughes joined us in the chat room, too. He says classic Ron and Jimmy. Yeah, Dave, don't you Eileen Shapiro on the cover of Get Out without her tits hanging out? I mean, what kind of picture did she put up? Well, it's to promoting a book, so maybe it's the best. She looks so virtuous. She looks like she never was laid. She looks like she doesn't use a, a curse word. 
Meanwhile, you should know her in person. Oh my God, nymphomania. She's, she's fabulous. Out. But anyway, I would have preferred her up there sexy. I don't like that. It looks like my grandmother. Anyway, she chose the picture and she never asked me what she I She didn't choose the picture. Who chose that picture? Mike. It's his magazine. Oh, well, Mike Moron. Well, thank you very much. Now I know why that picture. But it has to be a picture of her face because that's the the cover of her book. She's selling a book. Oh, that's not true. I'm telling you, which it's every Shapiro face. Who's she? All right. Mike picked out the picture. Mike, I love you dearly, but you have taste. Well, Billy sent it. Yeah, but Mike's got. Anyway, talk about something. Don't talk. She's on the cover of the magazine. Be happy for her. There we go. Hey, say something, Curta. Say something so we can hear you. Make hey sure guys. Hear you. Hey, uh, we're having a day from hell, so we're so welcome. We're so happy that to see you here. Give me up in two minutes. <laughs> Did you ever see a guy got, getting beat up? <laughs> the, the, the damage I could do, the bruises, the cuts, the blood, the eyeball falling out, the teeth hanging out from his lips. So, Curta, do I pronounce your last name, Schlarbaum? Oh, why is it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Slurbo. Okay. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome oh, to the gym. Wait. In school, how did you get teased about that name? <laughs> she wasn't Schlarbaum then. Well, I didn't. <laughs> oh, that's your married name? Is my married name. Oh, so you're hot. that was even worse. Yeah, my maiden name was Ed. That's even worse because everybody must have said to your husband, hey, how's your Schlarbaum? <laughs> how's it hanging? How's it swinging? How's your Schlarbaum swinging? Hold on, let's introduce you. All right, everybody, now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, the incredibly talented Curtis Schlarbaum. Hello and welcome to the show. She's beautiful. Hi, guys. Hi. I think I'm going to like Thank you. Thank you. Because I judge. And you have a really sweet, pleasant smile. You have dimples? Not nipples, dimples. You dimples. know what? We, we have a delay. We have like a delay. So she's in Texas. No, no, you're in Arizona, yeah. right? Yeah, she's playing with her dimples, though, so she heard you. You're not watching. <laughs> Yeah, I was told I'm gonna. So I guess I will. I, I wish we wish we could hear you speak. Hang on. Today, uh, okay. something, something's wrong. Can with you hear me now, guys? Yeah. Uh, I don't know why there's a delay going to you, but okay. Um, but we'll do the best that we can here. How's that? Can she okay. hear me? Let's, there you let's go. Give it a go. Let's give it a go. All right, everybody. So first of all, you guys, we we got uh, introduced to Curta through David Maccabee because she is the co-writer. Um, an executive producer and also an actress in the movie For the Love of Jesse, starring Adrian Barbeau, Mandala Rose, Randy Wayne, Tony Demon, Brie Blair, and, and uh, Manu Yami. I don't know how to pronounce his last How do you pronounce his last name? Do you know? Okay. It's, his first name is Manu, and his last name is Interami. Interami. There you guys go. He's, he's known from, from Star Trek. He's in Star Trek. Oh, I don't yeah. know. That's an Iranian. He's name. very cool, though. I had, he's I had great. A yeah, he's a super talent. He's got great credits. Um, the movie is really cool. Um, so you co-wrote this one. Is this your first co-writing credit? Yeah, it is. Uh, I wrote the story, and then David and I together took us 18 months to write a script. Oh, so it's based on a story, though, that you wrote. That I didn't know. Oh, man, I hate yeah, that delay. It, okay. It pretty much based on. I'm going to kill myself. Can you hear Jerry. me, guys? Mm -hmm. No, but you're going to watch me kill myself. <laughs> it also says your mic is low again. I, hate I don't know what. No, the, the, the delay. I, I did a test with her, and there was a delay, too. Uh, I'm not sure why. In Arizona. in Arizona. She's on our time zone, though. Where in Arizona are you? No, she's not. Because Arizona's Wickenburg, time change is different. Uh, Arizona Wickenburg. Is Wickenburg. 
Arizona is one hour behind. No, half of the year it's one hour behind, uh, uh, one hour difference, and the other half of the year it's the same time. It's the same time for you now, right? It's 12 o'clock, 1230? Yes. See? Right. Our time never changes. Um, and they say Ron can't be heard. Uh, I don't know why. Let's see. Do you, do you think it would be better if I did it on my cell phone? Oh, I don't know. I, I think that we're going to have a delay. I don't know why we have a delay. Today seems to be a day from hell for us because everything started off terrible. Um, but but uh, say something, Ron. Let me see if they can hear you. Hello. There you go. I don't know. B, can you hear that? Because B's the one who said you're hard to hear. Can you hear Can you hear him when he talks, Curta? Can you hear me when I I can hear you guys. Hello. She said something. I can, <laughs> I, she can hear us, yes. I, I can hear Jimmy better. She can hear Jimmy better. It's as loud as it goes. <laughs> there you go. Now see, is that better? There are some shows that you be on, better. No, no. Everything works. We never have a problem. Come on. Anyway. Meanwhile, I heard a lot of things. A lot of, you know, I met a party at Rock Hudson's house when I was with Jane Russell and Julie Newmar. Now you hear me nice through your mic. You could have my mic. Anyway, uh, Adrian was a sweetie pie. She was really nice. And then I met her again at the convention center here in Palm Springs, and she told me she was writing three books. So I, I have to ask her that when she comes on the show. But Adrian is a very pretty, exotic lady. She looks Turkish or Egyptian or something Greek, something wonderful. She's a very beautiful lady. Can you hear me? She's just sitting there in shock. She's actually Armenian. Know that there's a delay. What? Yeah, she's Armenian, but she looks all the above. She could play a Cleopatra, an Egyptian. She could play a Roman, you know, anything of that period. She has that wonderful, yeah. uh, uh, you know, sort of Grecian face. It's a beautiful lady. H how's she doing anyway? I, I can't wait to get her on the show. Oh, I love her. She is, she is a class act. And a good actress and a professional. She's wonderful and gracious. And, you know, we filmed in my house. And um, she, when she first came in, I was starstruck. And I said, um, Miss Barbeau, um, is there anything I can get you? And, of course, the first thing she said was, don't call me Miss Barbeau. I'm Adrian. And, yes, I'll be getting into your refrigerator. Yeah, no, she seems to be that type. You know, we have lots of celebrities come to our house. And, I mean, like... Michelle Kanan and Sean Kanan, the soap opera star, they come in my house. He makes the salad. She's helping me cook. Uh, everybody that comes here pitches in. You know, people think because you're in the movies, you're just not human or you don't do things that everybody else does. I remember once years ago, somebody said, oh, no, Marilyn Monroe doesn't pee. I said, no, she just explodes. Of course she pees. Marilyn Monroe pees just like everybody else. But nobody back in the 1950s would think that of her. Marilyn Monroe didn't do, have any bodily functions. She was a, like a plastic doll. And people have that outlook still. Um, we have very sexy guys that come to our house uh, that are leading men that women go crazy for. And when they sit and talk to you, they said, oh, I went on a date last night and this girl was really overpowering. And they're not the men that they were on the movie. They're just, you know, nice little guys that are soft spoken and shy. And some of these guys you see on film, oh, my God, they grab the woman, they throw her down. They kiss her. They're powerhouses. But in person, they're lambs. So that's what it's all about. So what else can you tell me? I think she's frozen. 
five seconds. It's like a five-hour delay. I'm really, I could I'm really sorry. I'm only here maybe every four words or so. Yeah, there's something wrong with the transmission. Maybe you should go on your cell phone. Try it. We may have a better shot at it. Maybe it's on your end. Frozen. Yeah, see, there's something on your end because we're working okay here. Um, let's see in this. Da -da 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 -da. It had to be Moon Glow. I told her to try it on her cell phone, but she's frozen. We're frozen. Everybody's frozen. Yeah, she said we're frozen. We're not frozen here on our, on our side, but she's it must be her connection is not good. I know it's her. Yeah. yeah, it's you. Go on your cell phone. Log out. Yeah, so it shouldn't be a total so loss. No, I don't feel bad. It shouldn't be a total loss. Go, try try go, it on your cell phone. Go on. Use your own mic. Go on your cell phone. That is mic. Well, too bad. You're off the show. Uh, try, go on your cell phones. Just, go ahead in the studio here and then try it. Call in again on your cell phone. We'll just talk amongst ourselves while we're waiting and see if it gets any better. I think she's frozen or she's gone into a coma. One of the two, because she's not responding. Can everybody out there hear us? Can the, the chat room hear us? Write something on Jimmy's thing there. Say, yes, I can hear you. Now he's got another microphone. That's my singing mic. That was my singing mic. I used to use that to sing. Oh, well, that mic was magic because I'd sing in it with my voice and Johnny Mantis's voice would come out. <laughs> what I wish. Look at you. That's all tangled. And not to kill me. He's going to have a fit in a minute. Look at him. I'm not making fun of you. I'm having fun with you, you dingbat. Uh, I'm getting a divorce. If everybody in the chat room would send me five bucks, I'd have enough money to get a divorce. It costs about four grand, I think. Look at those wires. They're about 40 feet long. Oh, this is terrible. I can't keep talking. I'm, I'm delirious because it's, it, it's weird. I have nobody to talk to. She's gone. You're Hi, not Ron. here. How are you? Rebel, I could talk to you. Thank yes, God you for can. Rebel. How are you? How are you? We're cut. I, I don't know what's going. We really need to get better equipment, or we need to get off the air. One of the two, because this is bullshit. If I was a, a fan and I was watching now, I'd say I'm never going to look at that show again. Uh, this is real life, though. It happened. I know, but it happened so many times. It's if it's not us, it's the people. You know what I mean? It's frustrating. I, oh, I'm used to your like studio. She's trying to come back. We have her sort of. We'll have to share. Oh, Jesus Christ. You just broke my elbow with the fucking chair. You're an animal. You're a fucking animal. Look what you did to my elbow. What a, they love you and they understand. Here, stick this thing in the middle. Stick that mic up your hey, ass. Uh, all right. What a un unbelievable. Hey, everybody. So we're trying to be back up. Curta. Let's see. Her back microphone on. is not on. Curta, hit your microphone button. And then we'll see if we've got you back or not. Hello. Can you hear us? Hey, Curta, can you hear me? Oh, no. Jimmy, I think she's having an internet issue. Yeah, I think so, too. Or maybe it's just not a strong enough signal. Uh, Carter, are you on your phone now? If you are, maybe go stand next to your router on your Wi-Fi so you're close to it. No, we'll just pass it. Okay. Um, I think Carter's got an internet problem, and so uh, I don't think this one's actually ours. Um, she says she hears every other word. Right, but hey, I hear y'all steady, so it's not y'all. It's not us. Okay. Hey, Carter, can you hear us or no? Can you hear me, Major Tom? All right, chat room, what's up? The microphone's in the middle. Um, uh oh, Dave says I'm an animal. I, I can hear you. <laughs> you can hear us, but you uh, is it? are you getting a delay or you can actually hear us hear us? Yeah, there's still a delay because I can tell by the response. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we've, uh, we have to... <laughs> 
<laughs> Carter, I'm sorry. I don't know why this is messing up. Um, they actually say they actually say though that it's uh, they think they think it's a Wi-Fi problem on your side actually. Like uh, so maybe the Wi-Fi is not strong enough. Um, everybody in the chat room is telling us to have you call in, you but I don't. What? We can't. Yes, I absolutely did my can. I'm working on it. With on my cell phone, and it was fine. Uh, now, is this your cell phone again? I'm on, I'm on an iPad right now. Oh, oh. go on. Me to try to go onto my cell yeah, phone. Yeah, go on the cell phone. For two hours. <laughs> Go to the cell phone and come back. Go to the cell phone and come back, and hopefully that move your ass and get on that cell phone. There you go, everybody. Hey, everybody. Oh, B. Everybody says the delay is okay. Otherwise, just talk. But you gotta like give her a chance to respond. So what's up, Dave Hughes is hey, in Jimmy. the chat room with us. Stars Now UK. Um, Teresa said to put her on her cell phone. So what's up, everybody? We're having Hi, a very interesting, messed up show today. Uh, I don't know no. why all of a sudden the microphone stopped working when we lost our internet because I tested them both before the show and they were both working fine. And now they're not working. So it's just one of those days. And now Pat Grant from Canada has joined us. Hello, Pat. How are you? Welcome to the chat room. We're having a hell of a show today. <laughs> and now, she, oh, now, she's, uh, now she's back, but she's not on her cell phone yet. So she must have still be on her other other one. Because um, she's digging, I can see her cell phone now. Um, hi, Carter. Keep trying. Get on the cell phone, and then we'll delete you from the other one. Dave Hughes says he wants your shirt. Yeah. The, the Jimmy Star shirt, you guys. Uh, hey, would you can you send me the link by text? Um, Eileen, can you send her the? Oh, Eileen doesn't know how to do. It. Yeah. I, uh, uh. Yes, I think so. Hold on. I don't have. Eileen has to do it. I don't have your phone number, and you can't tell me over the phone. I mean, over the air. <laughs> uh, see, Jane, uh, Angela Joseph says the the uh, the show gods are upset because we've been at the top of the charts for so long okay, that they're Jimmy. kicking us down today. <laughs> okay, Jimmy, I have a solution for you. Okay, what's my solution? Okay, she can call 561-623-9429 and still be on. You can oh see gosh. her. Okay, okay. talk here. to her and we won't have a delay. Okay, perfect. Curta, here's what you're going to do. Okay, got a pen? Dial this number, plug it in, 561. Keep your video going because we're going to still see you, but we're going to hear you through the phone. So 561, what's the number? 623. Okay. 561-623, I don't know what the number is. What's the number? 9429. Rebel. 561-623, I don't nine, know the rest of it. 9429. You're giving me a phone number? Yeah, I want you to just... It's howdy Hang on, hang on. Yeah, I want you to dial that number and, and then stay on the video. Stay on the video so we can see you. Um, but you're going to talk to us on the phone so we don't have a delay. So we don't have a delay. So 561-623-9429. Just dial it and talk on your phone. But keep your video going so we can see you. That's the solution. So 561 <laughs> Six two three. Come Give on. me the number again. One five six one five six one six two three nine four two nine and hit dial. <laughs> she made a movie. This one, I'd love to see it. I can't wait. <laughs> it's a great movie. Great movie. Okay, and now we have to. Uh, are you dialing it? Did you dial it? You dialed it. Now, uh, are you picking up Rebel? Oh my God! Yes, it's the Twilight Zone, you guys. It's, it's hilarious. 
Okay, there you go. Now, Hello, now we have to Hello. mute her mute her microphone, Rebel, so we can just talk to her on the phone. Does that work? Say something, Curta, through your phone now. You're talking in the phone now. You gotta talk in the phone. So hold the phone up in your ear or something and talk on the phone. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> can you guys hear me? Hello, Mom. Say something. Hello. Hello. Uh, Rebel, we don't hear her. I hear her. Hey, Rebel, we can't hear her, but she's there, I think. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, maybe her microphone has to be going. Okay, can they hear me? There we go. Now we can hear you. Hi, hey, Curta, how are you? Get out of here, you guys. Go on, shoot. Where'd she go? I had to chase the dogs away. Okay. You know, I love you. I really do. You are fabulous. All right. So, so here we're back, everybody. Can now, say something. Me? Let's make sure we can hear you. I can't hear can anything, hear though. Is there still a delay on her phone, too? Can Fucking everybody in the chat room just says they're laughing their asses off. Curtis, <laughs> well, uh, say something. Is anybody there? She's yes, like laughing. We are too. here. Can you hear them? Okay. I can't hear her. I don't know if Can she's talking or not. I'm talking to you, Jimmy, and to Ron, to Jimmy and Ron. I'm talking to you. Okay, now I can see can you, you and me? hear you. Now I can hear you. All right. Um, just right. just speak real loud, and we'll be good. Speak real loud, and we'll be good. Everybody else says okay. they can hear you too. All right, so let's let's okay. ask some kind of question about the movie. Let's ask a question about the movie and see if we can get an answer. Um, okay. So you you co-wrote the movie. How did you cast Adrian Barbeau? I can't I can't understand what he's saying Yes <laughs> <laughs> Never in my life have I had a problem like this ever ever Oh my god <laughs> Probably one of the best shows we've ever had <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, oh my gosh. Um, it, it, it's all laughs. This show is all laughs. I love it. It woke me up anyway. So she heard that, though. You can say something. Let's see if we can hear you. Okay. Okay. What do you, what do you want to know? I can hear an echo, too. So uh, I hear the echo, too, which is funny. Um, uh, do you have a delay? Are you hearing me right away, or is it taking a second to get to you? Yeah, there's a long delay. A long delay. <laughs> Everybody in the chat room is like totally like laughing. So, so um, tell us how. Tell us real quick. How did you? How did you come up with your cast for for the love of Jesse? Well, I didn't actually cast them. There was in the very beginning the story was written for um, Blake Heron. And as you may know, Blake Heron died about uh, six weeks before we started filming. Yes, I remember that. I think uh, David told us that. And yeah, and so we had we had a casting person do all the casting. Okay, so you cast instead, you cast uh, uh, Randy Wayne, because Ron just made a movie with Randy Wayne, a, a horror movie called Clown Fear, with, with Randy Wayne. He was one of the stars of it. Randy did a great job. He, 
had some big shoes to fill and the cast and the crew were all feeling pretty um, grief stricken over the loss of Blake. So poor Randy had to come in and try to uh, gain our trust and he did a great job. That's hilarious. So first of all, yes, he, he's a great actor, too. He's made a bunch of movies with another friend of ours, Sadie Katz. So he's a great actor. Um, we have a chat room full of people, and they're all like laughing at all the problems we've been having. So say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hi, you guys. Isn't this fun? <laughs> And then there's, and then Eileen is in there too, who just wrote a thing that says, poor Curtis. Say hi to Eileen too. <laughs> hi, Eileen. I love you. <laughs> so you guys, For the Love of Jesse is out now. You can, you can actually see For the Love of Jesse, you guys. It's at all the digital download uh, sites for you to watch it. Um, it'll come out this summer in the actual DVD. It'll be for sale so you can add it to your collection. Um, Plus, you're in this movie too, right? Are we done yet? <laughs> no, you're in another. You're also in the movie, right? Yeah, I am. I play Nurse Michelle. Nurse I'm, what? I'm, I'm, I'm the mean old nurse. Hello. Hey, hey, that one might be working. Oh, is it working now? Yeah, good. You have to use a different plug. Make it a little louder. Okay. You couldn't possibly be a mean old nurse. You're so sweet. <clears throat> Meanwhile, we have a lot of fun with you. I think your show is a riot. I have never laughed so hard on my. I've been. This is about my four thousand interview show. I have not laughed this hard in so long that my throat's sore. I mean, it was so funny. The dialogue was wonderful. I wish. We may use it in the movie. No, seriously, the dialogue. And I have so much to say to you, but but the back and forth was so perfect. Get it together, honey. The, the banding was beautiful. So, what did you want to? What do you want to tell us about the movie? Yes. Give us something like for everybody to think about for the for the for the love of Jesse movie. Since you ex you also executive produced it, you produced it, you wrote it, you're in it. I mean, you're like a jack of all trades. I can hear it's so funny because I can hear when I, I can hear when my when my voice stops on her end. <laughs> well, I'm not that quite laugh. sure what's your question. You laugh like a hyena. Um, Give us something exciting that happened on this uh, that happened with the movie for you since that was your first movie that you've had all those different roles. Tell us something fun about it. Well, it, it was actually my first full feature film. I've been in, in pilots and I've been on on shows on TV and but nothing nothing as wonderful as this. And um, I'm hoping I'll be like that that little old lady on the Titanic that started her film career right before she died. <laughs> oh no, that's perfect. Ron has a story for that. We're dying right now. <laughs> no, Ron Ron is gonna be eighty years old Stop tomorrow. With the fucking 80. Hang on. He's gonna be eighty years old oh tomorrow. Gosh. And he he made he made a bunch of t he did a bunch of television and stuff when he was like younger and now that he's older he's got like as soon as this pandemic's over he has like eight films to to shoot nine nine films I I actor when excuse me when I was very young and single then I got married and had two children and my wife took a powder and I raised my children alone so I stopped working in film and went to work as a hairdresser to support my children and our family and now in my old
I think you look absolutely fabulous, and I can see you on the silver screen. Yeah. <laughs> silver screen, okay. <laughs> That's what it's called. I, know, I just think she's adorable. <laughs> you are so fucking adorable. I wish I was there. I gave you, you know the what? biggest this is the worst. This is the worst interview this... I've ever had. No, this is... <laughs> This is the best. This is the best interview I've ever had. I never really have this kind of fun. You are so cute and adorable. I could pinch you and hug you. No, really, you are a funny gal. You don't even know you're funny. That's the best part. I want a do-over. I want a do-over. We'll do a do-over, but we have to make sure that it works. Yeah, but then you're going to be boring and you're going to say everything like phony. I like this. No, no, no. I like this. I like this better. This is fun. We're a fun show. We don't ask stupid questions like what was your last movie who gives a shit about your movies we want to know about you who you are i don't have a last movie i'm a newbie well we have a first and hopefully not a last movie <laughs> so hold on let's let's do some let's do some trivia with you so we can we can get this site going and let's see how it works so as an actress if you could have ever been in any movie ever made, what movie would you have liked to been in? And who would you like to act opposite? What male and female actor would you like to act? What male and female actor would you like to act opposite? Oh my gosh. Let me think really quick. Well, I would love to act opposite um, James Harness in Gunsmoke. Who? Wait, who from Gunsmoke? James Arnez. James Arnez. He was handsome. He was handsome. Yeah, but you want a you want a big movie? Okay, well, you know, I'm I'm a huge Kevin Costner fan. I love Kevin Costner. I oh yeah, I like that too. him one time. Your Kevin Costner is very hung. I heard. <laughs> How does that suit you? <laughs> okay, so I'd like to be—I'd like to be opposite Kevin Costner in *Message in a Bottle*. Okay, there you go. That was the movie where he's like stranded on the island or something. Yeah, yeah. The chat room says you have a one-track monitor, yeah. but they also say you look really, really young when you're laughing. They love it. Well, laughter makes everybody young. I don't have a one-track mind. Did you know them? I was a stand-up comedian for 46 years, since age 21 years old, and people paid to hear me say all of this. What we used to call double entendre or sly little, you know, dirty remarks. Everybody has that little bit of devil in them where they like to hear a little bit of dirt. Like when I talk about Eileen Shapiro's huge knockers and things like that. Especially Dave Hughes. Dave Hughes gets so off from They want to know if you were a stripper. <laughs> I, I was, I, yes, I did do a strip. I did do a strip uh, a, Hey, a I was on times. a show one time where I had to sit at the sushi bar and Jason Begay was stark naked right in front of me. It was who was naked? Was Jason Begay. He's, he's he's the guy who's the star of Chicago Chicago Police. What's his name? Jason Begay. Well, did he have anything to show, or was he little? <laughs> well, he he tucked it he tucked it between his legs so that the the sous chef got to see everything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good actor, though. He was in this football series I used to like when I was young. 
Who I know you're married, but who do you think is like the hottest guy in Hollywood? I know you're married, so so your husband won't get jealous because it's like a fantasy question. But who do you think is like the hottest guy in Hollywood? Don't say wrong. Oh, 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 oh. Let me think. Um, oh, 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 oh. This is a tough one. Um, oh, oh, I. You know who I think is. You know who I think is really cute is Ryan Gosling. I think he is adorable. Uh, see, now that's who Ron's daughter likes, Ryan yeah. Gosling. I, and I don't think he's anything special. He's okay. He's okay. He's a good actor, though. You don't like him? What do you think of Jason? I think he's nice. I just don't think he's... Uh, he wouldn't be like my pick of a cute guy, though. What do you think of Jason Statham? Statham. Statham. He likes Jason Statham. You know who? Jason, Jason Statham, Statham, the guy from the Fast and Furious movies with the bald guy. Oh, he, oh he's a hunk. He's a hunk. Yeah, he's a hunk. Yeah, he's a hunk. Yeah. Angela Joseph said there's so many hotties to choose from. I said Angela's dated him. He's a manly man. Actually, one of the really hot guys in Hollywood is in our chat room right now. His name is Joseph Kelly. (laughs) Oh, Joseph? Yeah. Hey, Joe. How are you, baby? How's it going? Joe, I don't have a script yet. When do you want me to learn? I have to learn like two years before I shoot a film. Oh, Joe Kelly, please send me. Joe Kelly's the writer, director, right. and actor in Clown, Clown Motel. One, and now Clown Motel two. Joe, send me just my lines. You don't have to send the whole script <laughs> because you don't trust me with it. You think I'm going to give a script to somebody to do it before That's you? Like That's wait, wait, wait. We have to go back to her though, because we have to go soon. We have to go back to her. So, so, Curta, wait. You didn't tell us. Did you? Did you tell us what hey, movie she would want to be? Hey, you guys. Hi. <laughs> Hi! <laughs> I don't know who she's saying hi to. Welcome to our show. What the heck? <laughs> so wait, Curta, did you tell us what movie would you like to be in? What movie would you like to be in? Oh, I want to be in... Um, <laughs> let me think about it. <laughs> you I don't know. About seven I mean, minutes. <laughs> all the movies are on hold. You know. There no, no. But if movies. you could have been in any movie that's ever been made, like what movie would you like to be in? <laughs> oh gosh, I I guess I'd like to be in a movie with Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> okay. Me too. So you could play okay. Gwyneth Paltrow's role in Iron Man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That way you get to kiss him too. That way you get to kiss him too. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to kiss him, but I'd like he's to be in a movie with him. My, he's young enough to be my son. <laughs> That's okay. You can be a milf for the day. I mean, you, <laughs> you got, could be a I'm cougar. Old. You could be a cougar. I'm really old. No, you're not really old. I'm not really old. Yeah. Besides Adrian, I was the oldest one on on the crew on the cast. Uh, I'm always the oldest one on every set. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. So you look fabulous, and you—you're like Ron, and you age well, and you look beautiful. I don't know. She's older than Adrian Barbeau. She's older than Adrian Barbeau. I'm a grandma. She's a grandma. I could have been a great grandfather. Uh, With triplets, holy shit! Adrian Barbeau has got to be uh, about ten years younger than I am. I'd say she's sixty-eight, sixty-nine, or seventy. Right? She's beautiful. 
<laughs> no, I didn't say she was ugly. I said she's yeah. about 70. <laughs> she nobody knows because it's not on IMDb, so you don't know. No, but I know I'm judging by when we came up together. When she was dancing on Maud as the as the belly dance and all the guys were going crazy, I was about 35 and she was about 25. So I think she's 10 years my junior. She's probably approaching 70. She looks great. She's got to be in her late 60s. So you look fabulous, Curta. What, you guys? I was going to tell you, Ron, if you if you have a thing for Adrian, I can set you up. No, she's coming on our show. And he's married to me. We're married. Yeah. I don't know if you know that, but we're like a total homo gay married couple. We're, we're, we're fairies. I we're too fairies. <laughs> I love you. When am I going to meet you? I have to go to dinner with you one night because you would have me peeing in my pants at the table. You are, you know, you don't even know you're funny. Oh my God. You should do comedy. They say you can double dip, Ron. Right. You should do comedy. I hope this doesn't end your career. No, listen, listen to me. Wear, wear, wear a blonde wig and do comedy. You'd be perfect, Marie Wilson. You'd be perfect. You don't know who Marie Wilson is. She was a great comedian years ago. Oh my gosh. I'm serious, dude. I'm Wear so a blonde sorry. wig and do comedy. You're a riot. You You're funny as well. Your timing is precious. Oh, you are a funny lady. Well, right? Oh, Adrian Barbeau was born in 1945. So she's five years my junior. She's, she's 75. Wow, she looks awesome. I told you, she, well, you know, people don't get old anymore like we used to. But, you know, us old bags, we've been around. Especially when you're in our business, you stay young because you want to keep getting work. <clears throat> Although now that I'm old, I'm getting more work than when I was young. So here's what we're going to do well, because well, our next guest me. is going to call. What do you think of me? What do I think of you? He loves you. I love you. I think you're sweet as hell. And and what's the face? Tits over there. What's her name? Eileen said I was going to love you, and she was right. Eileen warns me sometimes. Everybody loves Eileen. Every man that ever meets her loves Eileen. That's the problem. They love her when they leave her. They don't stay around. So everybody, listen up. This is This is. This is Curtis Schlarbaum, you guys. She's Even got a name is a riot. She's got a brand new film. It's called For the Love of Jesse. It's on all the digital streaming sites now, so you can uh, you can watch it. It's got a great cast. It's got a great story. It's a really really good movie. And everybody, please support it. Um, Curtis, we want to thank you for coming on and, and being a trooper with all these problems you everywhere. Are, you are fabulous. I so enjoyed you. And thanks again for coming on our show. You're a funny lady. You're a happy soul, and that's a good soul. Oh my gosh, you guys are adorable. No, you are. <laughs> and you have dimples, I don't. So we'll yeah, you have dimples. So we'll see you soon, Curta. And I sent you an email earlier. Take a look at it and we'll talk about it and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Bye, honey, bye. She's laughing. <laughs> bye. <laughs> this one's a riot. You know, when when people interview me, and this is the truth, uh, you know, I've been interviewed quite a few times, and they always say to me, who is your worst guest? And I never would say a worst guest. I said the most difficult guest was Cliff Robertson, because when I asked him questions, we had to edit every, everything out. He would go, yep, nope, yep, nope. So to shock him out of the tree, I said, I heard your wife was a bitch. And then he got talkative and said, she's not a bitch. She just plays a bitch. So, you know. 
that was my worst interview ever. Now when they ask me what's your worst interview, I'm going to say the, the, the one I wanted to hang myself on today. <laughs> She's adorable, though. I so enjoyed her and her innocence and her naivete. She's just really uh, quite a person. Actually, the Cherims, they all loved it. They're like... I say she yeah. should be blonde, and she's better than that one in all. She, she could pay Edith in all of the characters. I hate people that are, this virus is starting to get to me a little bit, and I needed a good laugh, and I'm glad because tonight we're going out to dinner with Marilyn and Andy, who were on our show last week celebrating my birthday and i said to jimmy gee my spirits are not that high i feel so down in the dumps i'm sad because we can't have my big uh, surprise birthday party that my kids and jimmy were going to throw for me i guess sometime this week and i had friends friends flying in from new york and ohio and all over the san francisco and i was so wanting to see my out-of-town friends who i love very much uh, so it's been a sad turning 80 is sad because it doesn't have much ahead of you. When you're 50, you say, oh, I've got 40 years to go. But when you're 80, you say maybe five, maybe 10, if I'm lucky, 15. And it's sad that you have a date with so much. And from all of my friends, and he's 81, I can't use his name because his wife has a fit. She doesn't want everybody to know how old her husband is. Angela says, how many more movies can we get you in in the next 10 years? It'll be great. Well, you won't be able Joseph to. Joseph Kelly no, says you got another 50. No, Joe and Angie, you won't be able to afford me because I will be a two or three time Academy Award winner. And I'll be up there. Like, guess what? Jimmy was trying to book uh, a, an actor into one of his movies. Can I use his name? No, I can't use his name. And we found out what his salary is. Joseph Kelly. You ready? Joseph Kelly knows about it because I told $750,000 a week he gets. $750,000 fucking dollars a week this actor gets. And he stinks. He's not even a good actor. I wish I could give you his name. He's creepy looking. 750000 bucks. Me, I break my ass. I work 36 hours in a day. I have to clean the stage. I have to help with the sets. I have to do everybody's hair and makeup. Then I have to go out there and act. Then I got to make out with Joe Kelly for an hour or two to keep him happy for like two hundred a day. <laughs> like a hundred or two hundred. That's better. Out with Joe Kelly parts, good, right, Ange? <laughs> <laughs> oh, go ahead. Uh, well, let me do a quick commercial, and then we're going to bring in our guest, you guys. You, we want to thank everybody. You can hear us on W4CY. Oh, 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 oh wait. wait. I have to do this. I have an announcement. Go see Studio City. It's wonderful. And our dearest friends in the world, Tristan Rogers, the soap opera star of General Hospital, up for Emmy. So everybody out there, if you belong to SEG, Go see Studio One. Studio, Studio City. City. It's on Amazon Prime. They have uh, seven Don't you dare interrupt me and take over, you I'm not. fucking Let's go. Bum. We have to go. No, fuck you. You always take go. over. We have to go. Go up your ass. Go. Go. You go. <laughs> I have a better show without you. <gasps> go. Come on. Anyway, vote for them if you like. Seven Emmy nominations, you guys. The show got seven Emmy Go see it. it. It's the best soap opera you'll ever see. And guess what? Next season, I'm going to be in it playing a movie producer who knocked up Sean, Con uh, Sean Kanan's mother. Hang and on. Sean Kanan is my illegitimate son. Ooh. All right, real quick, everybody. You can hear us live every week on W4CY Radio, our home station, K4HD Radio. In L.A., Jackalope Radio in Kansas City. We're on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Audio, Boom, SoundCloud, iTunes, Twitter, Apple TV, Podbean, Spotify, Pandora, and on TV. We're on YouTube, Comcast, Roku, and Vimeo. And go ahead and let him in. 
We don't. I don't want to hear all that echo stuff. Hey, Howard, say something. Let's see if we can hear you. I don't think he can hear us. Oh, is this going to be another one? I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> Howard. Yes, it- I'm. I'm. I'm here. You can't hear me. There, right. Now I can. Now I can. Now can. You can hear me. Okay, good. Good. She, nice, she might have had your muted. Your you, mic muted. You have such a sexy voice. <laughs> I hope you're no. not. Anybody ever tell you that? You know, your voice at night in bed with the in the dark would be really incredible. Well, you know, I do radio on 545 radio stations once a week. That's uh, why you have that voice. Right. Say say something to all the women out there. Say, baby, I want to make love to you tonight. Baby, I want to make love to you. Unfortunately, I don't have the voice of Barry White. Oh no! But all the vibrators just exploded. We have to like introduce him first because people don't know who who our guest is yet. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Why? Why do we have that noise? What is that noise? Somebody's cutting in. Probably one of our neighbors (laughs) wants to be on our show. (laughs) Wait, wait. What is that, Rebel? What is that doing that? Oh well, it went away. There she goes. It went away. Okay. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Howie, is that you or us that's making that's that him noise. that's making that noise because we didn't have it before do you have like something else on besides just the you know, everything everything is quiet here the difficulty is i put us on um tether because it gets a better connection um maybe i should put us back on fios um which is uh photo optic cable or whatever it's called uh let me try switching us to fios Bear with me. Okay, try. We hear a bunch. We hear a bunch of noises coming okay. from you. Okay, everything like here really? is totally silent. Um, no, that's the wrong FiOS. I think we're going to have to stay where we are. Well, we can hear you now. I don't know why we it had it. Sounds come. sounds like extraterrestrial aliens. <laughs> Those Do you have any in my head? Um, <laughs> Do you have they, any they live in here. <laughs> Occasionally, a flying saucer comes out of my, of my tongue. There you go. Did you happen to catch the guest before you? No, I just got on a, a few minutes ago. Oh, you minutes. missed you missed the show. Talk about who did I miss? Tell me. Oh, she was a riot. She didn't know whether she was coming, going up or down, and she was adorable. <laughs> she absolutely had not a clue of what to say or what to do. She's probably the worst interview I ever did and the best interview I ever did because we did not stop laughing. She's absolutely adorable. I told her, put on a blonde wig and go out and do stand-up. That's how funny she was. She was <laughs> just, I mean, you you're too young to know Marie Wilson, but Marie Wilson was an actress of the 40s who always played the dumb blonde. <clears throat> well, this broad's not dumb. She's just funny. Right. Anyway. So hold on. Let's introduce him. So everybody, Howard Bloom, uh, he's an author, a publicist. He's actually like the publicist for the music industry from uh, back in the day who worked with the biggest people on the planet. He has a brand new book that just came out called Einstein, Michael Jackson and Me, A Search for Soul in the Power Pit of Rock and Roll. And uh, he's a freaking like superstar. And... I found it very funny that you, you sent a tweet out on Twitter. You guys, you can follow him on Twitter. He's Howard X Bloom saying that, like, you need a new girlfriend. Like, I've never seen anybody do that before. <laughs> well, I, it worked. It worked. Um, I, <laughs> well, listen to me. My, my, I did this for the first time two years ago and just said I need a new girlfriend. And I have 5,000 people on, on um, Facebook, which is the max that they give you. And my Facebook, and I have a bunch of trolls, and the trolls all jumped on me. 
And they said, you don't do that kind of thing here. That's thoroughly inappropriate. You do that on Tinder. Um, and then a woman contacted me uh, in a private note and said, I understand exactly what you're doing. And she turned out to be my girlfriend for the next 20 months. She also turned out to be the love of my life. But she and I parted four days ago because of the coronavirus and the fact that airlines have been canceled and she's in South Africa. Um, and so I went online uh, four days ago again, looking Something for a new heard of Facebook and Twitter. And uh, I have six candidates and I've narrowed it down to two in four days. Are you still hearing me? There you go. <laughs> what is yeah, your, your picture froze. So I assume let's check this again. And see if I have access. I already down to six. So now you're down to six. Switch, we're going to switch internet. Well, you, you're either. This may get for a second. You're very. Okay, are we better? At least that noise is gone. Uh, she's saying that's okay. me. It's, it's no, my no, no, connection. No. That okay, that's. You know, so did you hear that whole story? Did, did you did you hear how I managed to. I, I, I parted with my girlfriend of 20 months, which is unfortunate because she was the love of my life. And. Um, I went on Facebook and Twitter and announced that I needed a new girlfriend. I had six candidates. Can you hear me? We heard, we heard all that. Then you narrowed it down to one. <laughs> to six. You, you must have a I very... narrowed it down to two. You oh, must, to two. You I must, didn't hear that. You must have a very sore pecker. <laughs> I mean, all those girls, you narrowed it down to two. Your, your balls must be ringing. But anyway, <laughs> uh, you're not looking for marriage. You're just looking for fun, right? No, I like long-term relationships. My no, first no, marriage that's lasted. Question. No, 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 no. Question was, do you want to get married? That's the question. Oh, never again in my life. No. Marriage. <laughs> okay. Look, marriage comes along with divorce. Divorce is one of the most painful things in the world. It drives you suicidal and it turns you so poor that you wonder how you're going to afford to buy your next batch of groceries. I know. I was divorced. I was married 16 years and I divorced my wife and it was a nightmare. She's dead now. And I'm not happy to say well, sorry. Yeah, well, and I wouldn't be happy to say that either. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking for a long term relationship, a long term committed relationship without the formalities of marriage. But, you know, every broad wants to get married. Wait, your voice cut out on. They just want to be. And always I'm cutting out. a oh, crap. We're having such difficulty today. And anyway, women have a word. Did you hear that? No, he didn't. I think my mic's not working. It's working because I can hear it. Uh, I, heard, I, I wouldn't have a way of, uh, well, I just want a long-term commitment. Yeah, but... I are hard. So I don't know if you can hear me at all. We're, we're uh... Jackson, everybody that I know that knows him said he was a dreamboat. He was a doll. Can yeah. you hear that or not? Can you hear Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, he he asked it on my. Maybe. I said I know a lot of people who are good. Like Elizabeth Taylor loved Michael Jackson, and I knew Elizabeth, and she had only the most wonderful things to say about Michael Jackson, as does so many of my friends that have worked with him or knew him. Um, how lucky you were to know Michael Jackson, and now to write a book about him. How honored is that? Well, Jimmy, Michael Jackson was the most astonishing person I've ever met my life if the rest of us are this tall michael jackson was as tall as the ceiling of this room um if the rest of us are one foot tall michael was 10 feet tall he was astonishing when i was 10 years old what we didn't go into here is that my actual background is science of all things i got involved in, in microbiology and theoretical physics at the age of 10 
and I was being taken seriously scientifically by the time I was 12 years old. Um, well, the first two rules of science, the two rules that hooked me on science when I was 10 were the truth at any price, including the price of your life, and look at things right under your nose as if you've never seen them before and then proceed from there. In other words, the law of courage, the truth at any price, including the price of your life, and the, awe of, uh, the law of awe, wonder, surprise, and curiosity, the second law of science. Look at things right under your nose as if you've never seen them before. Michael was the living incarnation of those two laws of science in a way I had never, ever thought I would see in my life. I had never even imagined until I met Michael. No, I already So, friends, can you hear me? Yes, absolutely. We heard all of that. Good. So your friends who admire Michael Jackson, they have every reason in the world to admire Michael Jackson. He was the closest thing to a saint or an angel I ever, ever met on planet Earth. And remember, I've worked with Buzz Aldrin and Edgar Mitchell, the sixth man on the moon, and I'm working with the former governor of New York State and Newt Gingrich right now, a Democrat and a Republican, who I've put together in a little group. I've met some extraordinary people, Prince, um, Bob Marley, Bette Midler, ACDC, Aerosmith, Kiss Queen, Run DMC, all those people, you put all of them together, you don't get one Michael Jackson. Well, I know a few people that have worked with him. Uh, I believe, what's the name opened up for Michael once, uh, finally? Cece Pennison. She's a buddy of ours. And I think she opened for him once somewhere, and she said he was incredible. He's the most. He was the most committed person to his audience. I mean, I can tell you uh, stories. I mean, here's how I learned how just astonishing Michael's degree of awe, wonder, and surprise was. Um, I, I had no intention of working with the Jacksons. They'd been calling me, their manager had been calling me for four months and asking me to work with them. And I said, look, you don't need me. I do crusades. I do hard things. You guys are really easy. All you have to do is get a talking dog to say Michael Jackson on the phone. And any newspaper editor or magazine editor anywhere in the country will give you a cover. I don't do that kind of thing. And then they, they cornered me. They said, uh, the Jacksons are coming into New York City and they want to meet with you. Well, one thing I'd heard about normal human... Well, I, I, hang yeah? Hang on, real quick. Ron? Hey, Howard, really quick. Our, our engineer says to ask you to go back to the previous setting that you were on, that it was better. Okay. The previous setting. Okay, let me see if it's still functioning. Bear with me. <laughs> He's hang on. Yeah, it's still operating. So let's switch. Um... And there we go. Oh, now he froze, though, Rebel. <laughs> what a freaking day. Happy we're winter. on the other line. There we go. There we go. All right. Perfect. Okay. So, I'm, so I went into, the, the, into Manhattan for a midnight meeting on a Saturday night with the Jacksons because I had heard that if you want to be a mensch and you need to say no to somebody, you have the decency to say no to them to their face. And the minute the door opened four inches... I could see four of the most honest, ethical people I'd ever seen in my life with their backs up against the wall with some really big problem in the world, in the room, something they couldn't articulate, but I could feel it the minute that door opened four inches. So I walked into that room and I said, yes. Well, two months later, I was out at Marlon Jackson's pool house and a pool house is a little building next to the pool that has room for one room on the first floor and one room on the second floor. And the room on the first floor was the walls were lined with arcade games, things much too expensive for any human to ever afford to own. And in the center where there was a billiard table and we were talking about the brothers 
had me in the middle and they were flanking me on either side at the billboard billiard table. And we were looking at T-shirts and looking at uh, jackets. And I was trying to explain to them that they represent all wonder and surprise. And as a consequence, any T-shirt that they use has to have a quality of all wonder and surprise. It has to be beyond any T-shirt you've ever seen. And then I heard the screen door opening and I knew Michael was coming because we had a meeting coming up with the art director from CBS. Now, one another little ritual that I'd learned about human behavior. Somebody was in a, when I was 19 years old taught me that if you want to meet somebody, you walk up to them, you put your hand out, you say, hi, my name is Howard. And the other person responds by putting his hand out to you. Well, I had read a thousand articles on Michael Jackson at that point, and every single one of them said Michael Jackson is a bubble baby. He will shrink away from your touch. So I heard the screen door open. I walked over to it knowing it was Michael. I put my hand out and I said, hi, I'm Howard. And Michael is supposed to shrink away from me, right? No, he put his hand in mine. He shook my hand in a perfectly ordinary manner. And he said, hi, I'm Michael. And I explained to him that I had a press release that I wanted his okay on and asked him where I could read it to him. So he took me up the stairs to the tiny little room upstairs, which was heaped to the ceiling with keyboards and amplifiers. And Michael found a spot on an amplifier to sit, and I, I found a spot on another amplifier to sit. And I began to read him this press release. Now you have to understand something about my writing. Albert Einstein, through the pages of a book, when I was 12 years old, grabbed me by the lapels and told me, to be a genius, it's not enough to be able to come up with a theory only three men in the world can understand. To be a genius, you have to be able to come up with that theory and explain it so clearly that anyone with a high school education and a reasonable degree of intelligence can understand it. In other words, Albert Einstein was telling me, schmuck, listen up. If you want to be, yeah, if you want to be an original scientific thinker, you have to be a writer and not just any writer, a really superior writer. So I had become obsessed with writing when I was 16 years old. And then I had been kidnapped to be the editor and uh, art director for NYU's literary magazine. And we have won two National Academy of Poets prizes. And the poet in residence thought I would be the next great poet to come out of NYU. So writing was not a casual affair to me, not even the writing of a press release. But no one had ever seen the art in what I was doing before. And I read the first two sentences to Michael and Michael slumped just a little bit on his chair, on his chair, on his amplifier and said, oh, and I read him two more sentences and he slumped a little bit more and he went, oh. And when I got to the end, he said, that was beautiful. Did you write that? In other words, Michael saw the, he saw the art in every single sentence in a way that no one I had ever met before and no one I, had ever, I have ever met since saw that art. Then we went okay. downstairs and the art director from CBS came and she had five of the most um, beautiful portfolios you've ever seen from five different artists. And every single one of those artists was a legend in his field. And she slid the first portfolio across to us. Now, the brothers are flanking us on either side. I am on Michael's left. My right elbow is against Michael's right elbow. My right shoulder is against his left shoulder. And my right knee is against his left knee. So I could feel everything that was going through Michael. And Michael opened the portfolio, the first page, an inch just a square inch. And he went, oh, and his knees began to buckle. And he went, oh, and his knees began to buckle further. Oh, oh, oh. In other words, Michael was seeing the infinite and the tiniest of things. He was seeing more in that first square inch of illustration than even the artist. 
Okay, ever... so hold on, hold on. Let's cut you off for a second because I want to turn this into a more of a conversation with all of it. So first of all, Michael Jackson, was he, your, was he one of the first famous people that you worked with? No, no, no. I had worked with uh, – the first people I worked with were Stephanie Mills. She was oh, a 13 Oh, I know her. I know her. Okay. So she was a 13-year-old from Brooklyn at the time, and I got her career started. I had worked with Shaka Khan. I had kidnapped her manager. I'd gone out to the airport when her manager was flying in from uh, L.A. to New York in a limo and known that I was going to have him trapped in traffic because it was five o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> and I and I had said, look, I know you that your band prides itself on its democracy, that every member is equal to every other member. But if you let me focus all the attention on the lead singer and you cover my ass with the band, I guarantee you I will give you a star. And the name of that lead singer was Shaka Khan. So I had worked with ZZ Top and bringing Texas culture to the world, one of the most extraordinary experiences of my lifetime. I had worked with the gay community. I had been made, made the spokesman for the gay community coming out of the closet with disco music, even though I'm straight. Um, I had helped country music come out of the closet of the, the, the ghetto or the Bible Belt and go international, um, working with Dot Records. Um, I had done a whole lot of stuff. I had done Simon and Garfunkel's reunion tour. Oh, in, that's awesome. Yeah, the reunion in Central Park. I had helped establish, I was about to help establish Farm Aid. Um, I had I had done a lot. I had I had I had built the career of Joan Jett. People so, about, what about, uh, I saw Joan Jett when I was in high school and people in the chat room are asking about how were Billy Idol and Billy Joel. <laughs> Well, Billy Joel is uh, uh, one of the most intelligent people on planet Earth. He writes some of the best lyrics I've ever seen, and and he reads books. And since I grew up on books, reading two books a day, Billy was a perfect fit for me. I loved working with him. Billy Idol, um, when Billy, Billy, I made demands. I said that if you were going to work with me, first of all, you had to understand that music was not an ex about an exchange of pieces of plastic. It was not about an exchange of money. It was not about an exchange of downloads. It was an exchange of human soul. And I demanded that I get six weeks to study everything you'd ever done, every lyric you'd ever written, every album cover you'd ever put out, every article that had ever been written about you. And then I demanded that you allow me to come to you and your environment and look for the God, what I called the gods inside. In other words, at two o'clock in the afternoon, you sit down, you've got an album coming up, you're on a deadline, you have to write a lyric. You know you cannot write a lyric. You wonder how you've ever written a lyric in your life. And by four o'clock in the afternoon, there's a lyric in front of you. I'm going to find the soul inside of you, the gods inside of you that wrote those lyrics. You go on stage in front of a receptive audience and you see the eyes widening of the audience. You see the pupils dilating of the audience. You see their faces melting. You see them melting into a mass of energy, one collective mass of energy, whether it's 700 people or 70,000 people. You feel that energy come tunneling to you, tunneling up through your body as if you were an empty pipe. And you feel it exploding in your head and being transmogrified into something utterly new and flowing back down to the audience again. You're in a reverberatory or feedback loop. And my job, and you feel as if you're being danced on stage as if you were a puppet, a marionette. Well, my job is to find the gods inside of you who make that music. Well, Billy Idol would not allow me to come into his environment. He was living in downtown Manhattan. Instead, he came uptown and met with me in my office. He was nearly incoherent. But somehow, despite the fact that he was nearly incoherent, you could tell there was an extremely intelligent man hidden below that incoherence. And Billy Idol, the outfit that you see on television or on stage, 
That's Billy Idol's outfit. That's how he dresses all the time. So his shoulder was bare under a thin leather vest. And on his shoulder was this gorgeous 16-year-old superhero, superheroine. And I asked him what it was. And he said it was Octobriana, an underground Russian Soviet um, era comic book star. And that she represented the original spirit of the revolution of 1917, the spirit that later got buried by Lenin and by Stalin. I had my key to Billy Idol. That was the key. Billy Idol was about rebellion and gaining freedom. So working with Billy Idol was remarkable, except I was afraid I would lose him to his drug problem. I mean, I went down to the studio to visit him one day when he was recording at Electric Lady. And um, I walked into the studio entrance. Now, you know, studios are built with walls three feet thick. So you have total sound dampening. You cannot hear the sound from inside the studio. The studio people cannot hear the sound from outside. And yet I heard this voice ranting. And if you've never heard ranting in your life, it's not like anything you've ever heard before. It is the loudest thing you've ever heard. And it is filled with emotions, anger, keening, demanding, begging. Um, but no words, not a single word. And Billy was ranting in the studio. And I knew that any day I could lose Billy to drugs and alcohol, that he couldn't be in that state without being totally drugged up and alcoholed up. So his parents came into town two weeks later and his parents had individual meetings with every single person on his team. And everybody, to, by then I had built Billy's credibility hugely and he was a major artist. And nobody wanted to lose their contact, their connection with Billy, because he represented power and he represented money. And so each person walked into... Hang on, Howie, hang on one minute. Right? I, I know why Billy was ranting. Yeah? He was ranting, I love Eileen Shapiro! I want Eileen Shapiro! I love Eileen Shapiro! <laughs> That's neat. Well... So Billy's parents were drag dragging each of us into uh, a room where they were interviewing us individually. And everybody else said, oh, Billy's doing wonderfully. Billy is doing fine because they didn't want to lose that power and money connection. And I walked into that room and said, your son is killing himself and we have to do something about it. So his sons pulled. So his parents pulled him from his manager, Bill O'Coyne, who was a wonderful person, but was also drugging himself into oblivion and asked me to manage him. And I didn't want to manage him because I don't know how to handle money. I just know how to build careers. Um, and, uh, and Billy has been much cleaner ever since. And, and he's still alive today in part, thanks to that meeting. I so, love it. I love it. We're having such difficulty today. I don't know why we're having such difficulty. That's a, that's a very good story. For those of you out there who don't know the show that he did, Eileen Shapiro follows Billy Idol all over the world. She's probably That's amazing. the show he's ever done in the last 30 years. And she's madly crazy in love with him, I think, or idolizing Billy Idol. Why not? Right. And Adam Ant. Oh, that's who I was talking about, Adam. Oh, I got the wrong one. Right After she gets through with one, she goes to the other one, right? She oh, she takes them both on at the same time. Well, the guys too. Are we listening? Are we hearing? This show is really wrecked today. I don't know. I hate this crap. I'm just trying to get rid of the echo. Right. Gently ask ask for the mic gently. Don't yank it out of my hand, you homo. Hey, you guys, did the echo go away or not? Oh, I. Why did I ever marry this son of a bitch? I thought he was Jewish, and I found out he's not. I was so disappointed. Which Adam or Billy Idol? 
Oh, he buries me. So wait, so Howard, you guys, not only has Howard worked with which he he went over it really quickly, but some of the biggest stars now, and some of the biggest stars on the Michael Jackson, Prince, Bob Marley, Bette Midler, Billy Joel, Billy Idol, Paul Simon, Peter Gabriel, David Byrne, ACDC, Aerosmith, Queen, Kiss, Grandmaster Flash, and the Furious Five, Run DMC, ZZ Top, Joan Jett, Shaka Khan, and many more. Uh, he's got the new book that's out, Einstein, Michael Jackson, and Me, A Search for Soul in the Power Pits of Rock and Roll. But he's also got six other books, that not entertainment books. They're like I'm a genius books uh, <laughs> that he like wrote, which, I mean, as you heard from his stories, he's a genius. And uh, uh, just to like give you some ideas of what some of the titles are for, because I know B. Claudia is in the chat room writing. Oh my God, he's like a genius, and his books are amazing. So you have listen to the titles of these things, and then you know, like talking to is not just an entertainment, you know, guru. He wrote a book called The Lucifer Principle: a Scientific Expedition into the Forces of History, Global Brain: The Evolution of Mass Mind from the Big Bang to the 21st Century Vision of Capitalism, How I Accidentally Started the 60s. The Muhammad Code, How a Desert Prophet Brought You ISIS, Al-Qaeda, and Boko Haram, and The God Problem, How godless, how a Godless Cosmos Creates. So, like, like, dude, like, you write some, like, intense shit. <laughs> well, and some interesting things have happened with those books. The second book, Global name. Brain, The Office of the Secretary oh, of Forum, based on that book, and brought in people from oh, the state. Oh, I can't hear you. Now. Can you hear me? I don't think you're going to hear that me. That doesn't work. I can't hear him now, and I don't know I why. I can still hear you. I hear him coming out of this machine, but he's not coming out. I can um, hear both of you. I'm going to kill myself today. No, I'm Howard, go ahead. We can hear you. Okay, good. So so the Office of the Secretary of Defense, through a forum based on book number two, Global Brain, the Evolution of Mass Mind, from the Big Bang to the 21st Century, and brought in people from the State Department, the Energy... I can hear him coming through this thing. ...and MIT. Um, the third book, uh, The Genius of the Beast, A Radical Revision of Capitalism, um, the sheik who made Dubai what it is today, named the racehorse after that book, and the 11th president of India, Dr. APJ Kalam, who is a superstar, the, the, in fact, one of the few political superstars in Southeast Asia, called that book a visionary creation, and the former minister of development for Dubai went in front of the Arabian Business and Economic Forum and, and said... Uh, there is a book I particularly resonate to. It contains the future of Dubai and proceeded to read passages from the Genius of the Beast, a radical revision of capitalism. So in the control room, could you hear any of that? Yes, I did. I heard it in my lovely story. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Now we'll wait for another question and we'll take off again. Can you guys hear me? No. They're, they're kind of frozen right now. So it seems like you have a very, very interesting life going on there. <laughs> Jimmy, you're back. I, I know. I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, but anyway, hopefully our echo went away. And I've been heard in the control room the entire time. So we just recorded an entire set of stories without you guys being able to hear them. Uh, we heard most of it, but we didn't hear all of it. That's okay. That room hears it because they're all putting, making all kinds of comments. And B. Claudia wants to know something about Queen. Queen. That nobody else. Oh knows. God! Okay, so Queen was an unusual Queen was an unusual circumstance for me. Um, we had a very flamboyant gay guy out at a company. I was working at a company called ICPR for about eight months. Um, I founded an East Coast Public and Artist Relations Department for them, and we had this guy who managed to attract Queen as a client, but he wasn't capable as a publicist. I never saw him place a story at all, and I got Queen its first story in Newsweek. Now, in those days. Time and Newsweek were the biggest things going. 
the two weekly news magazines were the biggest things you could get. And then three years later, I got a call from Queens manager, Jim Beach, um, saying we're doing the first rock and roll tour ever of South America with Queen, and we want you to handle it. We're giving you a travel budget. We want you to bring 10 to 12 of the most important rock and roll critics in North America down to see this tour. So I went for it. The problem is when I was in South America, I got to meet with Brian May. Well, my background is science, and so is Brian May's. He did his graduate thesis on cosmic dust. So I was in heaven with him. And I got to meet Roger <laughs> last time, I forget. And it wasn't until this year that I discovered that Roger and uh, Brian had founded a band that became Queen. But Queen was Freddie Mercury. And in those two times working with Queen, they never allowed me to meet Freddie Mercury. So I missed the real deal. I mean, later I would refine my technique. It was, I called it secular shamanism. And I would be strong enough to make the demands I was just talking about, that I won't work with you unless you give me six weeks to study you and you give me at least a day in your environment um, so that I can find those gods inside of you. Those were demands that came later. I didn't yet have the power to make those demands when I was working with Queen. So I missed out on the real deal. Okay. Well, still, it's a big deal to be able to say that you like actually like worked with them because they're like awesome. I mean, they I, are I, awesome. your, whole, your whole list is like awesome. So, so everybody, the name of the book that's out right now is called Einstein, Michael Jackson and me, a search for soul in the power pits of rock and roll. It was number one on Amazon for the best selling music books. Um, you can get it. You can also find out a bunch of information about Howard Bloom by going to howardbloom.net, not.com.net. And um, you can also follow him on Twitter at Howard X Bloom. Um, do you have anything you want to ask? Uh, yeah, I mean, you've really been around the bush a couple of times with all these great big rock and roll people. Uh, I was too old at the time to uh, know about these people because I'm from the Johnny, <laughs> Johnny Mantis Piggy Lee you know, and Billie Holiday, and of course, Patti LaBelle. Those are my people. Um, you you knew all the people from the uh, six seventies and eighties, and I was already an adult with children, so I wasn't part of that that whole society. But yeah, you're as intriguing as I was with my legends of Hollywood that I've interviewed over the years, everywhere from Jane Russell to Laura McCall. That's uh, astonishing. I understand where you're coming from, and it's very difficult to get it out to people without sounding like you're bragging. I have that problem. I name drop, they say. And I say, of course I name drop because that's my business and those are the names that I deal with. And the same thing with you. You must have a difficult time when you're talking to people because you're name dropping major names, but you're not really dropping names. You're talking about people that work with you. So it's very hard to get this across to audiences that we are not show offs. We are not big shots. We do not name drop. We simply talk about the people we've worked with. Got it? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right? Yes. We're talking about our genuine experiences. And here this this show and I continue to, to, to two shows. But I continue to fall into these very strange circumstances. Right now I'm running a space group that includes the uh, former governor of New York State, who's a Democrat like me, and a three star general and Newt Gingrich. Um, I'm trying to work across the aisles. So in the control room, can you still hear me? Yes, I sure can. Yes, I sure can. Okay, great. Well, poor Jimmy and Ron are having a difficult time. They are, and I don't know why. Jimmy, we can't hear you <laughs> at all. Sorry, guys. We can see you, but we can't hear you. Well, you can toss me a question if you want, and we'll keep the ball rolling while they're 
having difficulties. Oh my goodness. Let's see. So that covers one of the books. How about Jimmy mentioned several others. Not only are you talented, but you are smart. Well, I, one thing that you have to know, I have been published or given uh, presentations at scholarly conferences in 12 different fields from quantum physics and cosmology to evolutionary biology, evolutionary psychology, and neuroscience to information science and aerospace, of all things. Oh, and governance. Wow. How, what brought your interest to all of that? Well, when I was 13 years old, I realized I was an atheist. And one day my parents were trying to drag me to high holiday services. And I mean literally drag me. I was holding on to the door frame of their blue four-door Fraser automobile while they were sh shredding my socks, grabbing at my ankles, trying to drag me up the street like a bag of cement or a bag of potatoes. And I suddenly realized, okay, I'm an atheist. Hello. There are no gods in the sky. There are no gods under the earth, but there are gods in this scene. They're in the passion of my parents, their absolute determination to oh, shred the ankles of their firstborn son in order to get him to the synagogue. And I felt my job in science was to turn the lens inward and find the gods inside. And ultimately, I had to go someplace where I could find the gods inside, and that was not going to be grad school in neuroscience. So I ended up um, jumping ship from grad school and going into popular culture, thinking that there I might possibly find the gods inside. And I sure did. When I hit rock and roll, which I knew nothing about, I hit the mother load for the gods inside. There you go. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yes. Wow, it sounds really loud. Okay. <laughs> so the gods inside, it worked out. Uh, I'm sorry, everybody, that we're having all these difficulties because we don't even know why because we've never had them before um, like this. And uh, 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 in and out. I don't know what the hell. Okay, so uh, one more time because we've only got like five minutes left. It's Einstein, Michael Jackson, and me, a search for soul in the power pitch of rock and roll. This is Howard Bloom. You can follow him on Twitter at Howard X Bloom. Um, you want to see if you can get a question in since we'll, we get cut off every two seconds? Well, what I was trying to say before, and I don't know if Howie heard me, but I was explaining how sometimes people think Howard and I brag because, you know, all the le legends I have interviewed from Shane Russell to Lauren Bacall to Betty Davis, they were legends, the names that I use and drop and I don't drop, I use because they are part of my work. Howie, on the other hand, has all these great rock and roll stars that he has worked with. So when he talks about it, he's not bragging, he's not name dropping, he's simply telling you his work. And I want everybody out there to understand this. Um, Howie is a very interesting guy. He's an astounding guy with all his mishpuk, not mishpuk, with all his, what do you call it? I'm looking for the Mishigas. There you go, Mishiga, with all his Mishiga. Um Interesting man. A little difficult, I think, for women to go out with because, if he, <laughs> you know, if you're this intelligent with women, they don't want to hear it. They want to hear how beautiful they are, how luscious their lips are, how their hair smells like honey and all that bullshit. So, Actually, wait, I, I, shut the fuck up. I'm asking him a question. I'm okay. going to beat the shit out of him today on this show. You will, you're going to watch it. So when you're with the date, do you tell her that her hair smells like honey? Well, when I'm with a date, I don't do dates. Dates don't work. Um, I generally meet people online, meet women online, and then proceed from there. And yes, I tell them anything that's fabulous about them. 
Um, I mean, the woman that I just broke up with four days ago, the love of my life, had the most wonderful kiss in the world. It's unbelievable what her kiss was like. It was the sweetest, gentlest thing you've ever encountered in your life. Did I tell her that? Of course I told her that. She, we were able to, I was able to basically, because I do soliloquies, as you can probably tell, and, and doing a soliloquy, I was able to melt her. And when she melted, I melted. And that melts together like two different metals. Well, you have never been kissed till you're kissed by Eileen Shapiro. It's like a toilet, <laughs> plunger, a pl toilet plunger grabs your lips and sucks them right in. Oh, God. Well, you gotta kiss Eileen I Shapiro. these women <laughs> positive things about of how I feel about them. Because <laughs> they, say hi to Eileen. She's oh, Eileen, family. how are you? So I got to tell you, Eileen and Jimmy are now my publicists, and they are the greatest publicists in the world. I am just floored by what it's they are True, that's true. And Eileen Shapiro is my dearest and sweetest, most loving friend in the world. And she she said that I made her tits famous, and I'm so happy about that. <laughs> you made Michael Jackson and all those people famous. Well, big deal. I made Eileen Shapiro's tits famous. <laughs> now, what are you going to say about that, Howie? But right. anyway, uh, you're a great guest. I'm sorry we lost half of you. You're very intelligent, very interesting, and you've certainly lived a great life. And you passed all of that on to all of our guests that are in the chat room. And for that, I am very happy. Sorry, folks, about the problems, but this is new technology. See, years ago, you would be in an audience and I would be on a stage and we would be live talking to each other. But that's no longer the case. Now we're all robots, just people of internet. So everybody, go to howardbloom.net, and also you can go to um, uh, follow and see what he's doing on Twitter, at Howard X Bloom. And if you go to his website, you'll see all his other social media handles, because we're almost out of time. We've got like 30 seconds left. Um, any any parting remarks, Howard? It was fabulous meeting you guys. Uh, you don't look old enough, Ron, to have had all of these experiences back in the God knows what age. Tomorrow uh, is my birthday. I'll be 80 years old astonishing absolutely amazing well happy birthday thank you so much howie nice meeting you will you live in la no i live in uh, oh, park slope brooklyn i'm in Where? new york park slope brooklyn yeah i'm from red hook and that's astonishing. I, it's a 45 minute walk from where I am. Yeah, now Red Hook is very high end. But my day oh, was all, wonderful. You know, it was all poor Jews and Italians. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. Thanks, Howie, Howard. see you in New York, maybe. Bye. Take care, baby. Bye bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks. We'll see you guys next week. Hopefully, we won't have a great weekend, everybody. Bye bye. In the mix, yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. Chat room is live, and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. So come watch it live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes.